0: DJ, DJ. drop a beat.
1: not another, Not another podcast.
0: Not another podcast.
1: Not another podcast. Not another podcast. Not another podcast.
2: Those people are the freaks, man. They're hookers, so it's fine. James. Meth is a hell of a drug. Okay, bitch, it's on. Right. You know what really grinds my gears? I bet they're Brazilianaires.
3: Samantha. Get out now or sting, get weak. When we're really <laughs> desperate, we put our hands underneath his balls.
4: Big Jim. I know my way around it. Joe. You know, been shaving your own pubic hair for years? No, I've just been collecting it. I'm not weird. Donnie. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing.
0: Had an expansive
1: bookmark collection. What
0: the hell is wrong with you people? Not
1: Another Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Not Another Podcast. I am James. I'm Dan. I'm Sam.
3: I'm Jim. And I'm Travis.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and
5: I've I'm made a horrible Steve mistake.
2: Oh, I'm not good with life choices. Damn it. (laughs) Never too late.
1: So we are being joined by our good friend, Mr. Travis Box. And the reason is, is because Travis has his own podcast. What is that Mm -hmm. podcast about? Well, I'm going to tell you. In July of 2016, our state of Oregon fully legalized marijuana, which everyone thought was a brilliant idea. Well, it created a whole bunch of other problems that either people were too high to talk about or just uh, we'll deal with it later. Well, Travis is dealing with it. He has a <laughs> podcast called Mainstream <laughs> Weedia, and he's kind of going into the, all the workings around legalized marijuana, at least in the state of Oregon. Travis... Yes. thanks for coming on the show buddy oh thanks for having me so uh my first question when did you have this idea to do a podcast about the goings-on of the uh marijuana culture in Oregon
2: uh okay well honestly it wasn't too far after um okay I was li- uh I was living in Washington at the time uh, Washington legalized in 2012, or at least passed their legislation in 2012. Oregon passed their legislation in 2014, even though it really didn't get going until almost 2016. Um, but but when, I was, when I was up in Washington, once the program was started, um, I, had, I had not consumed uh, cannabis in a very long time and how long how long are we talking here at the at the point where uh, probably who was president oh okay um how many, how many bushes ago right it may have been w it's a it may have been w but yeah so i think it was pre obama um and then uh, I was working at a university in uh, Ellensburg, Washington, uh, Central Washington University. Um, in fact, a um, won the bird. Eh, yeah, uh, rep and call still, uh, and uh, a a dispensary opened up in well two opened up in Ellensburg because it's a college town. It could support. It could actually support more than two, but two Industry. opened up. Yeah, so two opened up one was right in town and then one was right on the outskirts right so me freaking out cuz i'm a government employee cuz i work at the university and i hadn't done this in a long time and i still i still i was raised with this being an illegal illicit product yeah,
5: uh, yes.
2: i went to i went to the one on the way outskirts of town uh and i walked in not knowing what to expect, Fake and the
0: place—no, like Carmen, San Diego,
2: fedora—but a... yeah, I was doing everything I could to not be noticed. It was be as nonchalant as possible. Do do do. Oh, what does this door lead to? Oops. Um, and I walk in, <laughs> and the place is the place is 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 lit beautifully. All of the product is on like beautiful pegboard and they hand you a menu and there were glass cases and the guy was so friendly he was like can I show you around what is it that you're looking for and I'm totally baffled by this my mind could not wrap my head around this so I purchased some product and a, a piece of paraphernalia to 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 consume the product and he puts it in a bag He hands me a receipt and he says, thank you. Have a nice day. I hope to see you again soon. And it was the most bizarre moment. (laughs) And at that point I was fascinated by the concept of something that had been prohibited for so long. Now it's legal. Now it's a product that you can just buy in a store and you get a receipt, they hand you a bag and off you go. Um, But I also knew that there were massive issues in the rollout, both in Colorado and Washington, and then eventually when Oregon passed two years later, uh, same thing. So I had the idea, I think, when I got back into, when I left the university and I got back into traditional broadcasting um, here when I moved back to Oregon, and I had pitched the idea to two different companies. One, I'll leave them nameless because they missed out. But two different broadcast companies, uh, I pitched the full full deal. And it wasn't just, hey, dude, I'm going to do a pot podcast. It was, I want to explore the industry. I want to see what it takes to take something that is an illicit product that now is a mainstream product that is sold to a consumer in every facet of that. And the first two companies were too terrified to touch it because it's still federally regulated and and they have FCC licenses so I get to coin and I'm uh, my my job is so far removed from from radio but I weasel my way into the podcast department just because I had the experience and they really needed the help and um, eventually the guy that was running the department was like, hey, we're, we're looking to try to launch some new stuff. Do you have any ideas? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, and I pitch him on it, waiting for the instant rejection, and he's like, huh, let me run it up the flagpole. We'll see what happens. And I'm like, okay, brother, have fun with that. And um, and the next day, he's like, "Uh, we're go. Get ready. Put it together. Shit. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and- and, and what was interesting at the time, I think I was using the, the, the working title of the green room, uh, taken. And then I used cannabis ink taken. And then we, it was like, there were like nine different creative people on an email chain, all trying to come up with a, a name for the podcast that wasn't already taken. <laughs> and I I, I, I shit you not. It was a joke. I throw out, hey, how about mainstream Weedia? And everybody's like, "That's it, brilliant, printed. That's what we're going with." <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay, so mainstream Weedia was born." And um, and it's been really interesting because I've kept true to what I told them I was going to do. this has been a podcast where I wanted to talk to the people that were involved in the infancy of this and really show the inner workings of how complicated this industry is and that it's not a guarantee. On the outside, it looks like it's a gold rush. On the inside, it is not. And yeah, and and it it is very Wild West still because A, there's no nobody's doing it the same way every state that has passed an adult cannabis law is doing it slightly different they may take a note or two from the states that have come before them but everybody wants to sort of blaze their own path and uh yeah (laughs) and And, (laughs) cool stepdad joke thank you (laughs) and most of if you listen to the intro of the show it is nothing but stepdad jokes But the um, but but the biggest problem is still that federal controlled you know federal Schedule One controlled substance uh, designation. That is what is screwing up everything about the industry, and if we're not careful, the in the short term, uh, Canada will own all of Oregon's cannabis industry. Period. Plain and simple. Canada is already well on their way. They will own it all. And then when we do finally get it descheduled, we will be so far behind the other countries like Canada, Israel, Great Britain, um, that we will have global competition that may really impact the, the, the ultimate economy that we could have if we would just get out of our own way so it really is I, I know it's 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 weed and it's fun to do all the jokes and it's fun to talk about being stoned and I will leave that for the alternative media they're better at it than I am anyway
4: oh, but I hired Joe Rogan yeah, but, but, <laughs> you see?
2: better Travis really I for you, Joe. no I coming for you. No, nah, so I you know, I I'm not the guy that wants to tell you, hey, gorilla grape has notes of uh, cherry and orange and a little bit of pine, and it is I'm not that guy. Oh, you're talking about gorilla glue. Uh, I'll be we, there. that's it. <laughs> uh, there are and that's why I'm saying there are so many people that are on that path already.
3: But Just me, like a connoisseur.
2: <laughs> right. I, I think that if if I had been around when they had ended alcohol prohibition, I would do a podcast if the technology were the same uh, about the same thing <laughs> because the same it, it still fascinates me to go from this illegal world to how do we make it mainstream? How do we tax it? How do we regulate it? How do we ensure that that we're getting our fair share of that market? And, and, and how big can that market be? And I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little um, foreshadowing of the next ex, uh, episode because I speak with the leading global cannabis economist. In, it ends up being a two-part episode, so it'll be the two episodes that drop in January. And I asked him, I said, how big could the cannabis market in America be if we got out of our own way? And he says a hundred billion dollars. And I go, okay, that means nothing to me. He goes, that's more than all the chickens sold in America. And that kind of threw me for a loop was like, Holy crap. There's a lot of chickens sold in America, but cannabis could be a hundred billion dollar industry. And that's not even counting hemp. Yeah. And that's a completely different subject. And I'll have the guy on for a separate episode when we talk about industrial hemp. But it was, it, 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 it was something that I, I've never seen it documented anywhere. I've never seen anybody sort of tell the story of when it became legal and why. And then what it took in the early days to try to build a foundation when you still have the federal government looking over your shoulder and threatening at any time to come in and end it, I, and it uh, all it all depends on the administration, honestly, and yeah. and it was real close during the Trump administration. So, How I didn't even know that.
0: that.
4: Oh shit! Sure. Yeah. So, uh, if I could uh, uh, toss a question over to Travis, sure. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I understand it's a delicate line to try and walk uh, because of the subject matter being what it is and um, not desperately trying not to be glommed into that, you know, two dudes sitting in a, you know, their parents' storage facility and they're just like, what's up? It's Crunchy and the Nugs. We're here to tell you (laughs) about what the good shit is this week. You know, but on the other end, you don't want it to be, you know, like C-SPAN. You know, Correct. you want it to be so dry that like even so I can't get high enough to watch the show, man. It's just, you know. So to to walk those uh, those two lines has got to be a challenge. Um yep. and and like you said, as this this because it's the ground floor. And right. essentially it's like you know, like you were saying about how prohibition—you know—when that got repealed, if if you were doing a podcast, which I imagine that being you recording it on a wax cylinder and then having like bluesies right. <laughs> on corners, uh, your wax cylinders, things sort scratchy record yeah. sound here. Hey there, gents. You look like you're up on the new, the, the newest hottest thing. So um, it's it's obvious. Uh, it's a difficult um, uh, thicket to try and cut your way through. Um. And also, because we're dealing with a lot of outdated mindsets and viewpoints of cannabis and cannabis culture that are still hanging around. Finally, like we always thought, like, you know, when we get older, hopefully things will be different because we'll have a generation with a more open minded mindset Um, and and to now have that. But you're still having to fight through just this blizzard of red tape and bullshit. And, And like you said, if we could get out of our own way, it could be. Just, I mean, you want to tax shit? Okay, great. It's here. It's ready to go. All right. All you're doing is making it, uh, making life easier for Crunchy and the Nugs to do their side hustle than it is to actually, I don't know, put money where it could you know be more most beneficial. So, how right. is it that you try to walk that that balance between uh, those two in, in this in ever changing
2: industry? It was really funny because when I launched, when I, when I was about to launch the podcast, the one thing that that the head of the podcast department at the time was worried about was, I, I come from I come from an, a radio entertainment background, um, predominantly with a lot of talk radio, so a lot of opinion and not a lot of journalism. And he was worried <laughs> that I would come in and make it opinion-based. And I'm like, no, I want to come in and I want to... I want to really demonstrate my fascination for every facet of this, and usually one of the one of the ways that really helps set the table for every episode is I ask every individual what got them into this, and then it's their story; it's not mine. And then all I do is sort of help guide the story along. Um, by the time I sit down with them, I've researched them enough; I know kind of what I want to ask to help sort of peel the onion by the end of the episode so that so that we're we're building on you know a story or experience or 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 whatever so that by the end of it you kind of know that facet Um, and I've I've never tried to be an advocate for it I, I, I bring up the, the downside of it as much as I try to talk about the benefits of it. Um, and, and there are quite a few downsides. I mean, the second episode that I did was with um, an OHSU clinical um, uh, pharmacist. Uh, and, he, and the reason I grabbed him is he does seminars around the United States promoting the use of cannabis as medicine um, for oncology patients and really trying to give other medical professionals real research and advice. But he also can talk to you about the downside of it. I mean, the first thing that he says is don't smoke it. Do not do anything inhalant. Don't use the flower. Don't do, don't do the vape He goes, there is not enough research on the damage it's doing to your pulmonary system. And I'm like, fair enough. I get that. Um, And he also talks about, you know, the, the, our, our, our systems are not developed until we're almost 25. The, the cannabinoid systems, the receptors that we have, that, that actually utilize THC, they really aren't fully formed until we're 25. And there's not enough research about what it does to uh, the, uh, the system of a kid a, a, you know somebody that comes into it at 12 or 14 or 17 and so he's like you know even at 21 which is the legal age to start consuming it you're still four years off from your system being fully developed and they're not sure what the long terms effects of that are so being able to to display not only the the positives but also the negatives behind this. And, and we talk about the negatives, not only with the, just the, the, the physical negatives, but we talk about the economic negatives. We talk about the social negatives that, that the industry can create or, or, or could lead to. Um, so I, I, I try really hard not to come at it from a cheerleader standpoint, and more from a, holy crap, can you believe we are right here at this moment in time to witness something amazing happening, going from illegal to legal. And holy crap, is it difficult and complicated and, and not guaranteed at all. It's, it's why I keep calling it an experiment because I still think the jury's out on this one. Um, at least to whether we will find it an economically viable crop in the United States, or if we're outdone at the global level one day, but yeah. we're already, we're already starting to see some of that. Like I said, with Canada moving in to, to Oregon and, and buying up a, a lion's share of, of the, of the businesses. Well, so that's the I'm upside
0: Canadian. to being ahead of the curve, you know, I mean, for our stake in the matter, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it, it seems detrimental that we're not picking it up and figuring it out, that controlled substances to some extent builds a market. So the longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. But at the same time, there are other countries that have already done so who will be at the forefront of this, regardless, out of sheer principle, they know the game. Yeah, well, they they've it's, already it's bought
4: like, the land and they've already got the, the crops in the ground. They already own all that stuff. And it's basically yeah. they're going to they bought it and we're going to be buying it back from them instead of it doing us. Yep. And yeah.
3: it's like what Travis said is that we have a lot of old mindsets still in charge of things that they one don't either just don't understand or don't want to take the time to understand because they have that mindset of, well, this is bad. This, it, and it will always be bad because I don't want to learn anything new. So um, and I think what you're saying, like all, all these negatives, because it's really fascinating what you're what you're saying, because I'm learning so much right now just in this little bit. So it's <laughs> because I, all you hear is this is going to be great for the economy. Uh, you know, it's harmless. It's just weed you know but the, and to learn about oh well, your age and your body and we, we there's not enough studies in xyz like that's fascinating
0: <laughs> but on top of that too i mean <clears throat> what i find really sad about the whole schedule 1 situation is basically they're just they're wasting time because let's face it all those other states that haven't you know decriminalized it or anything like that it's still happening and the only downside that i ever really like before i started talking with travis a little bit about this kind of stuff the only real downside was like the same downsides that would have happened around the time prohibition got lifted was yes you see a heightened sense of accidents you know addiction issues might go up by a lot and it's one of those things where but the money that you could be accumulating off of these (coughs) new crops, this new resource could be turned into help programs as opposed to just locking people up for these substances. And again, the more we educate people, the better we become at a sheer default. So I honestly think that's one of the reasons I really dig this podcast that Travis is doing is because again, it forces you to see, the other sides of the argument that aren't usually very prevalent because let's face it when you're trying to delegalize or de-illegalize something uh, you have to bolster the benefits of it the good sides you know the happy-go-lucky this is going to be a good thing and so yeah that's all we typically hear but we don't get a lot of the nitty-gritty the numbers games or anything like that so that's why I Personally, I'm listening to the shit out of that podcast and not just because Travis is buddy.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what got me sure. there.
0: Yeah. But the information so, is what kept me. I'm just saying. I have been a, a
1: longtime cheerleader for the legalization of marijuana. Now, I'm not a user. I've, I've, a full disclosure. Sorry. I've never, I've never even experimented with it. But, oh, I have. I, Felt like fun. How we learn. I always felt like it was something that if the government made it legal and taxed it, it could be financially beneficial. Um, so what I want to know, Travis, is what are what are some of the roadblocks that we're facing with really utilizing this and and, and you know making it the, the 100 billion dollar business that it could be for our country?
2: Um, well, the first thing is we have to get it descheduled at the federal level. And and here's why. Um, because of that status, the cannabis industry, no matter what state you live in, it cannot utilize banking because banks are FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. So you're like, OK, so they have to be a cash only business and they have to keep stacks of cash and like safety deposit boxes or big safes or whatever. Just like the mafia. Which is true, but the more difficult part is they also don't have access to bridge loans. They don't have access to small business loans. They don't have the access to to build the capital to start a business, or if they run into... Let's say I'm a grower, and for some reason... I lose half my crop to a parasite or, or, or something. Name the Mike or whatever the fuck his right. name was. I, I can't, I can't go and get a loan from a bank to carry me over to the next crop because they're FDIC insured where any other farming business, if I lost half my crop of corn, the bank's going to go, sure. I'll give you a bridge loan until you get your next crop. Here you go. And, and they're, wow. gonna, they're gonna be able to keep going you know crop after crop. Same thing, uh, let's say a cannabis industry, a, a, a dispensary is broken into because they carry tons of cash, usually on premises. Now they've lost that cash. They can't make payroll for at least another month. They can't go to a bank to pay their employees like any other business would be able to do. Here's another one. There is a tax code called the 280E. And this started, this this came about in the 1970s when a coke smuggler tried to deduct his speedboat from his taxes as a business expense. Well, once once they figured that out, Yeah. Once they figured that out, they they created this 280E. And it means any illicit business cannot deduct any business expense from their taxes. So that's great in 1970 when you're trying to go after coke smugglers, you know, and Pablo Escobar is the bad guy. But when you have states that are opening up legal cannabis businesses that were voter approved... These businesses can't deduct anything from their taxes. Let's go back to the farming side. A farmer can deduct their fertilizer. They can deduct the equipment that they use to cultivate. They can deduct the fuel that they put into that equipment. They can deduct the power it takes to grow whatever. A a cannabis farmer can't. They can't deduct one dime of that. So they lose that in tax revenue. Then- uh,
4: Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also, um, because I'm living in Pennsylvania uh, and Pennsylvania's wheels, uh, which I never thought turned at all, uh, have slowly started moving in that direction. And now there are um, essentially uh, uh, medical marijuana dispensaries. I Mm -hmm. worked at one for about uh, the better part of six months. So I I really got uh, an incredible education on... Um, The grower processor element. Uh, So you've got like these umbrella companies that essentially they can own and and create a whole line of flour, you know, various different products and what have you Uh, names like uh, uh, Cresco or rhythm uh, are are some of the more popular ones, at least uh, at the dispensary that I worked at. And so Going through the Pennsylvania Department of Health's uh, modules that we had to learn, there we was like I don't know how many there were, and uh, it was like very remedial. It's like you know, read this paragraph, then we'll ask you some questions. I'm just like, how long is this gonna take? Because uh, right. <laughs> I don't know how many more minutes I got on my Zoom. But um, but no, you learned about how from seed to the uh to the facility. And the facility has to have like a certain level, a state's level uh, accredited level of security for everything. And so, okay, that's just to grow it. And then these companies they have the ability to turn it into concentrates, into salves, into oils to break down the the tincture uh, that that is uh, the tincture. Excuse me, the 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 terpenes inside each strain. So it'll actually give you a chemical breakdown of what this particular strain can treat in your body. If that's, if you're looking to, you know, help you sleep and take care of anxiety, or if you want something that's going to give you some energy and some focus, there's different ways that you can fine tune that. All of which requires not just uh, the technology capable to, to do these experiments to, to further push this, this ever expanding product to even, you know, further limits, but you also have to deal with the state's level of everything has to be by the book and mm-hmm. you know if you if uh, if you fall out of favor whatever you are losing millions if not billions of dollars and mm-hmm. you know like i said you can't just go down like listen i've got i got a dream okay i got this brown paper bag it smells like a skunk died in it but i guarantee you it'll put you on another fucking planet
0: now is it that I- wizard of oz dark side of the moon shit
4: no, this is some umblelupa Kamba, aka the okie Fanoki smoky smoky. It'll put you put your dick in the dirt, I guarantee. You. And then it'll grow a dick plant, and then you can smoke your own dick. It's amazing.
0: On Blaze in the nug, big Jim. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> was it crunchy from, in the nug? Crunchy <laughs> in the nug. Crunchy there the nug. Go. Coming up
4: after the break. <laughs> Rock and roll. Oh the <laughs> Um, I had to do the
1: puke. I'm sorry, part. Travis. You're
4: on so- DED. <laughs> I started off sounding intelligent, like I had some, nice. and then it just Yay. evolves
1: into a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how we roll? That's how we roll.
4: From the uh, the demand standpoint, so to speak, uh, all you see is you walk into, and like I said, the dispensary that I worked at was fucking immaculate, and yep. I worked there happily, happily. Every single day, I would scrub floors. I would wipe down windows. I would clean the bathroom. I'd come early, stay late, bring donuts, get butt rubs, and didn't get a shit. <laughs> you know, but Even there was this—I had a personal sense of pride because you know when somebody walked in, it wasn't like a jingly bell on a door, you know, and some shitty Bob Marley, excuse me, not shitty Bob Marley music, or some some bad reggae-style music to give you this this insincere vibe and some douchebag behind the counter, probably name crunchy. Uh, I don't know why he's I getting
0: me. An boy.
4: You know, this God, was a place no. that you know, I could take pride in. And I knew there was a lot of money invested in not just my training, mm-hmm. but everything that was involved. And like you said, mm-hmm. if um, a delivery gets knocked off from the grower processor plant to when it comes to, you know, our dispensary, that's lost revenue. Right. And yeah, there's no there's no insurance, there's no security to back all that up. So there's a lot of money on the table, and a lot of you know, for lack of a better term, dicks in the wind, mm-hmm. you know, or labia. I don't want to you know say, right. you know, like only dicks can own money or whatever. Uh, they do own most of the banks. I'm just going to throw that out there, but whatever. I'll give you on a different soapbox. Point is, uh, the demand and all but we see is those, those those nice products on the uh the shelves not realizing that there is and yes they cost a lot of money to buy those products but the the research and the time and the security and all the ducks got to be in the row we had to do inventory every morning and every night to make mm-hmm. sure that there wasn't a leaf out of place and mm-hmm. it was tedious but for some reason uh people
0: would seem motivated for some, whatever reason well it's because they believe in the product and again if you believe in the product you support it. And they also didn't care if we went in the parking lot on our brakes and just you know
2: You have to know the product to sell the product.
4: Right? Yeah.
2: Bro, you, got this Flair. Gorilla Glue in <laughs> right. it's Wizard of Oz this um,
4: shit. He just quoted Ric Flair.
2: <laughs> I did. Uh, so, so the uh, one of the other there are quite a few other stumbling blocks and 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 one of them could actually help you guys. And that is freaking interstate commerce. So Oregon, right now, we are sitting on so much weed that we could stop growing and it would take seven years for us to sell what we've already grown.
3: Oh, wow. The problem
2: is on the East Coast, they have more retailers than they have suppliers. And what Mm -hmm. happens is It drives the price up at the dispensary exponentially. So East Coast is having a supply problem. We're not really having a demand problem. We just had an oversupply problem. We We have a surplus problem. We have too much chocolate and we have too much peanut butter. Why the fuck can't we get together? If we had interstate commerce, we could even out the economies of both coasts because the West Coast grows it supplies it to the east coast both our prices rise because now we can control that supply and demand and your, your, your price your prices lower a little bit but you don't have to worry about supply anymore and we can't we can't do that because the minute you take it across lines it's a federal issue not a state issue so again that schedule has to go away Go ahead. Hold on, Danny. I think
4: Sam had a question before uh oh, okay. I, I can see she we just
2: we tend to railroad poor
4: Sam quite a bit and she <laughs> deals with the bullshit and I don't know why wow. she hasn't fired all of us. Really you know, Ridiculous. But, you know I, just,
3: I am the queen of this podcast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we get are looking like out
2: a
5: bunch
3: here. of no, <laughs> like
2: here. Mostly she because she's the only girl. So. <laughs>
3: Sam, they let Sam.
2: <laughs> what can I what can I answer for you?
3: Well, um Sorry, Dana, thank you. Uh, so oh, yeah. it's from what I am hearing. It sounds like a lot of stuff. It's like, like voters said, yes, we want this. And then they're like, sure, legal now. But no steps were taken to make sure anyone was taken care of at all. <laughs> so it sounds like things were done woefully out of order, like to, to get to set people up for success as a whole. And is there one? Uh, so that's what I'm sort of gathering. And is there one state that's sort of doing it better than the rest that other people could learn from?
2: Every state that has an adult cannabis program claims to be doing it the best way. <laughs> um, Pennsylvania I, is. The best.
0: Hey, I, the wheels
2: I, in Pennsylvania turn. I, it's just a hand crank. I will tell you. I can't really tell you who's doing it best because it's still such a young industry. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can tell you who's doing it worst because their industry is really on the edge of collapse and that is California. California. California's cannabis industry is like six months away from collapse if their legislature doesn't come in and do
5: something. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And that is, we keep talking about, well, sure, legalize it and tax it. (laughs) Which is what everybody's done. The problem is, everybody has a hand in that tax kitty. Mm -hmm. There are federal taxes that you still have to pay because you're making income. The state has an insane tax. Usually it's it's upwards of 28%. And most of those states have then given their local areas, counties in some states, cities, the ability to raise up to 10 to 12% on top of that. And remember, they can't deduct anything from their taxes, so they're being overtaxed anyway. I'll give you here, here is here is how how Bo Whitney explained it. Currently, right now in Oregon, and and we're actually okay, honestly. But mm-hmm. he gave me Oregon numbers. He said currently the average dispensary is making about a million five a year. That's how much cash they are bringing in. To be viable, they need to make Mm 2.5. That is the difference between making it and not making it right now in the economy.
3: And they have no safety nets at
2: all. No, because there's no bank. There's no way to get a loan. So the only thing that they have as a saving grace is, hey, how's it going, eh? I got a lot of money, eh? Hey, you're having problems. Could I buy that from you, eh? And Canada comes in because Canada can use they can mm-hmm. use a, a multinational corporation. They can and do uh, have a stock market for cannabis in Canada, so they can raise tremendous amounts of revenue on their stock market. Wow! Funnel it through a multinational corporation. Come here and buy it. And then whatever they have to spend on taxes in the United States, Canada reimburses them for a certain percentage of it. Fuck like you the it Like the deductible part. So <laughs> right, a Canadian company years. comes in and they have not only the advantage of having tremendous amounts of capital to hand over to these small businesses who can barely make it, but they have figured out the way to... To find that balance between, and and this is a, the, you can shave a cat over and over and over. You can skin it once. And that's the problem is everybody was so, once it was legalized, everybody was like, here we are, we we are going to raise so much tax revenue. Oh my God, we're going to build schools and we're going to buy cop cars and we're going to put all this money away for, for the, for the uh, uh, drug treatment. And we're going to do education programs. We're going to, and, and what they've done is they've taxed themselves out of a viable industry. Mm -hmm. And that's, and, and, and the, the local municipalities, the state's, and the feds are not talking to one another going, hey, dude, how much are you taking from them? This much. How much are you taking? This much. Holy crap, that's not leaving them very much, is it? No, it's not. And so it's it's being overtaxed right now. And again, that, that comes back to if we could get out of our own way, when it becomes a global market, it could become wine, or craft beer or distillery like right we could have regions in the united states that that grow specific strains that are marketed worldwide for their particular strain but we can't do it if if we just tax cuz we tax it like it's a sin tax
5: mm-hmm.
2: not like not like it's something that we should be proud of that we're cultivating that we're we're trying to 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 build an economy out of and and yeah so
4: fuck canada
2: right (laughs) i used to like them before
0: the show started i (laughs) I love
4: jim carrey i love the kids in the fucking
0: hey they gave us ryan reynolds and And that's pretty solid
2: oh and what did ryan reynolds do what did ryan reynolds do he came to fucking oregon and he bought out aviation gin just yes, like you're doing with the cannabis industry, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, these I'm opinions are that. not those of Coin Six. Next time, <laughs> sponsors. Apparently, well, Travis is I just have a uh, Travis.
1: I got a really quick question. You were talking about uh, Canada coming in and buying it up, and, and then you, earlier you talked about how we couldn't move it across state state lines. Is there any sort of illegality from moving across
2: country lines? But they're not moving the product. They're coming here and they're running it here and they're selling it here. Wait, wait, they're just I, taking I, the money home to Canada. That, that
0: actually kind of ties into the question I was going to ask. In the respects that with the West Coast producing so much, mm-hmm. I mean, in theory, what would be wrong with flying it up past Washington over the canadian borders and then come down on the east coast and transporting it that way in the respects that you're not crossing direct state lines you're actually going through the states that have it legal through the country that has it legal down into the states that have it
1: legal Because you're still crossing state lines and it's, it's
2: still con- it's still considered trafficking uh-huh. and it's no different than hey if we took our cocaine <laughs> and we flew it out to sea and then over Canada and then back
3: Not to cool Florida.
5: Race.
3: We're golden, right? Maritime. No. Hey,
4: maritime first laws. Of all, first of all, I don't like how you guys are painting Captain Ron right now.
5: Because <laughs> <man> is... <laughs> Captain Ron. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. I haven't watched hero. that.
4: <laughs> yeah. And he probably more than likely smart money say, ran a little cocoa. From here, you know, little, little, you know, you got to ski in Florida a somehow. It's right. against Midgen. me
3: somehow.
4: I'm gonna drop something here uh, uh, that uh, I'm curious about uh, being a possible roadblock because, uh, like I said, getting involved in working in a dispensary, I learned a lot about how um, you know the the, the process kind of goes down with uh, everything from, like I said, the growing uh, and the the experimental uh, elements. Uh, as well for the picking up and the dropping off and everything else and the safety and the security required in there. Now, I think or I feel like one of the really bigger roadblocks that may or may not be spoken of directly, I'm assuming it is, uh, would be, okay, so Pennsylvania... Believe it or not, has decided to start moving forward with legalizing marijuana. The wheels are starting to turn. And yes, they do slowly turn. Problem is they're square. And they don't, you know, you figure it's a keystone state. Well, you know what you you know, the built other,
0: it. What are you gonna do? You know,
4: the keystone, and it's just bricks of shitty, you know, old weed that you know was the other parts of that archway. Uh, so Pennsylvania legalizes marijuana. Hooray. Now then to move forward, you can't just be like, okay, so we can start selling it tomorrow. Well, you've got, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand uh, guys in prison and women in prison for a wide variety of either trumped up, unintended, or um, just all different manner of charges in and around this substance, which is now legal. So like the weirdest thing that I felt while working as a, a person at a dispensary was, I'm now doing something that 10 years ago I'd be in jail for and I'm trying to get insurance, you know, I'm just trying to put in a little
2: extra work, you know, I'll shine your shoes or whatever you want. It ended up being that you, you are absolutely right. And it ended up being the thing that I was most surprised about when I asked most of the people why they got into this in the first place. And Initially, you know, I was looking at it from, you know, an economic standpoint. I was going, well, it's the money. Duh. Nope. The, the, I spoke to Anthony Johnson and he was the chief petitioner of measure 91, which was the actual bill that passed that legalized adult use cannabis in Oregon. And I'm like, dude, why, what, what got you into this in the first place? He went to law school. Uh, He ended up being a defense attorney. And his, he had two clients go to prison, federal prison, one for having, I think it was three ounces of weed. The other had 20 pounds. Uh, but they both went to federal prison, same time length, and there was nothing he could do about it. They were nonviolent offenders that, that, were, that were selling weed. And he was like, this is bullshit. And he started working with a couple of nonprofits here in Oregon, and really learned about not only is it bullshit because so many oh, yeah. people are behind bars for cannabis offenses, non offenses, but it is so it is so uh, weighted towards the BIPOC community. Yeah, I can um, see
4: you know, when I. T- oh, go ahead.
2: When I when I spoke with uh, Congressman Earl Blumenauer, he he put it in a way that I had never heard it before, but it's absolutely perfect. He said Richard Nixon weaponized cannabis. He had a blue ribbon panel that had looked into cannabis and the the idea of of legalization and decriminalization. And his blue ribbon panel told him, dude you should decriminalize this. You should legalize it. It's fine. We could make tax revenue. Here's all the stuff we could do with it. And he decided to not only hmm. keep it criminalized, but he weaponized it to go after the youth. He went after the civil rights movement. He went after the draft you. Dodgers. He went after and It turned into, ultimately, especially now, once you get into the 70s and 80s with cocaine, it turned into the war on drugs. And we have spent hundreds of billions of dollars on the war on drugs. And do you know what it has done? It has increased the use of drugs in the United States exponentially. We use more drugs now than we have ever used ever in the history of our country. And we are spending more money now to fight it than we have ever used. And... And Right, and so everybody is saying there is a social justice aspect to this. In Oregon, part of the passage of Measure 91 includes expungement. If you can prove you were a nonviolent cannabis offender, you have the opportunity to have your case reheard and have your sentence expunged. The problem is, there's not a lot of money out there to hire lawyers to go in and reopen these cases for these people. And so not just
4: that, and not just that, but also the fact that um, privately owned uh, prisons, you're going to be losing revenue right. when so, all these people start getting let out of your prisons. So fuck yeah, you're going to make it difficult
2: for. Them. And there is one political side of the political spectrum that is all for privatized prisons who happen to also be the ones that are the biggest roadblock when it comes to descheduling cannabis from that class, you know, that class one. You know substance. who they are. Yeah, Bernie and it's Sanders. funny. <laughs> yes. How'd you know? Um, that's socialist.
5: Fuck yeah, I get
4: you. And- He's like, you know what? I smoke a little bit. You know, I got to deal with a lot of assholes in D.C. Just got to relax a little bit. Yep.
2: Um, but but one Don't of the things you that judge me. Congressman is that Blumenauer is working on. He has this he has this entirely comprehensive bill that is passed in the House. I want to say three times now in three different sessions and guess who stopped it Mitch McConnell every single time. It not say it didn't Big even come Mitch up for a vote asshole? I know Mitch what? McConnell, right? No. But the cornerstone of his this, this comprehensive piece of legislation, which is called the Moore Act, it fixes the banking. It fixes the tax code. It allows um, uh, interstate trafficking. It, but the biggest thing it does is it, it, it puts in place a system for expungement and the money to bring lawyers to the table to go through at the national level and start pulling these people out of federal prison for Mm -hmm. nonviolent cannabis offenses. One of the harder problems is, over the past 30 years, you get busted for trafficking. Let's say you're trafficking that, it's that guy that trafficked 20 pounds, right? And he went Mm -hmm. to federal prison, 20 pounds of cannabis. There's another guy like that, and he pleads down to tax evasion. They get rid of the drug trafficking charge, but he goes to prison for tax evasion. Now, his record does not show that this was a nonviolent cannabis offense, even though it was, but he pled down because he was going to spend less time in prison under tax evasion Mm. than under having that much of the controlled substance. And he now has a problem because when we get to the expungement side, there's no way to show the court that he actually is in prison for a nonviolent cannabis offense. So there's this huge social, and (laughs) one of the other bigger tenants that, that um, uh, Congressman Blumenauer has in this more act is because it was disproportionately targeted towards people of color, the BIPOC community that he has money and programs in there to help the BIPOC community get into the industry because he believes those that were worst affected by the war on drugs should be first at the table to benefit from it now that it's legal. And, and again, I'm not a cheerleader here, but on that one, I got to go right on, you know, oh, yeah. absolutely. That is wouldn't, only fair and equitable.
1: Wouldn't the court records show, I mean, couldn't they go back to the cases and have the records show that they changed their plea?
2: They you, could, in some cases they can, but in other cases they go, yeah, but you pled. You had that yeah. choice. Had you gone to jail for the weed,
5: Yeah, we I mean,
2: can... But basically what down. it comes
0: down to is what the official edict Charge on was. your judgment was right. that made the difference, because otherwise it, it kind of becomes substantial or insubstantial evidence at that point. Mm-hmm. Because at that rate, you're basically saying, well, things were said in the courtroom, but the judgment was different. So it's it's kind of loose ground to stand upon. But at the time, it would have been better to go that route than to take the hit for trafficking.
2: But you didn't know that sometime in the future, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, that Congressman Blumenauer was going to try to pass the Moore Act that would expunge your record. You exactly. were just looking at, um, it's 20 years or it's life. I'll take the 20 years. Thanks. I'll do, and the, on top I'll do of that the...
0: too. If you do get out, you know, if you have a criminal record and you put on there, yeah, it was some tax evasion, right? That doesn't look nearly as bad as, oh, I was trafficking drugs because employers, you know, I mean, it's hard enough to get a job right now as it is. And especially if you're a convicted felon, I mean. So that in and of itself too Is a long term kind of Like from the lawyer's standpoint I understand why they were like Hey take the tax evasion It's gonna be better On the whole You're gonna serve less time It doesn't look nearly as bad on your record and a less scary prison You'll see
2: your daughter when she graduates college Instead of never seeing her again Yeah Or only through plexiglass
0: And I get that but at the same time it's like that's some old bullshit.
2: <laughs> and again, it, and it, going back to why I started this, it's it, it goes back to how complex an issue it was to try to take something that was completely illegal and illicit and make it a mainstream legal product yeah. because of all of these issues involved. And I can probably do this podcast for years and can continue to talk to major players in the industry and not repeat myself for years. There are so many different people, so many different facets that you have all the lobbying groups and you have the, all of the politicos and you have the, the economists and, and let's not even just get into the, the growers, the processors, the scientists, the retailers, the bud tenders. It just, it, it is, it fascinates me. And, and, and I hope that I can, I hope that I am, I am taking sort of Polaroids of this moment in time that, that, that can stand ultimately one day as a record of, this is what it was like in the early days. However, this ends up, this is how messed up it was, but they were trying and they were trying to make it better you know, every year, every bill that they passed, every time that they voted another state to have a, a, a medical cannabis, even if they had nothing or adult use. Um, so, so yeah, that's, 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 that's why I wanted to do it. And that's, that's sort of the approach I take. And I think it's the thing that keeps me sort of on that, that, that razor's edge, Jim, that you talk about where it's not It's not crunchy and and nug right, and it's not. (laughs) Oh, today on C-SPAN,
5: we will talk
2: (laughs) about the tax code of illicit businesses known as the 280e. So,
5: I I just (laughs) just want to insert a quick,
2: uh, quick non sequitur
4: uh, that we can all take part in, Uh, uh, because yeah, like you said, there. This is a much more complex topic then a lot of people really kind of understand from the jump. And you've really educated not just us, but also uh, one other person who's our listener. Uh, They're (laughs) just probably losing their fucking mind. They know what the fuck is going on now. So my uh, my quick non sequitur, and like we'll go around, everybody will get a chance to uh, submit one. Uh, If you could name a strain of marijuana after 2020, uh, what would it be? I will go first, right? And you can you, you can have your choice. It could be a sativa, it could be an indica. You don't have to get that you know, into it, if you will. Um, my particular name for a strain, uh, it'd be a hybrid, which that's a name when you take two different strains and you merge them together, two different plants, and you bring them together because of the qualities of the terpene makeup or what have you.
2: Great. grief.
4: Uh, so it'd be a hybrid and it would be a, a dumpster fire, and Greek tragedy, and they would kind of grudge fuck, and then you would have a bud, and then you would smoke that, and you'd be like, yeah, this feels like it's been about a year.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
4: that tracks. James, what would, uh, or does anyone else have one? I don't want to just... Go Sam. Oh,
1: I uh, got one. Go ahead. Shut down.
5: Oh, that's
2: not bad. Straight Indica.
5: Straight Indica. In your
2: house. I, I think mine would be straight Indica as well, and I think I would call mine Fauci Couchy. <laughs> oh. oh, why do you give that gold away, Travis? Yeah, my <laughs> God. I really started this podcast so somebody in the industry will hire me, so I can do nothing but name strains. That for would the rest be a
3: great job. Oh yeah.
5: Um, yeah.
3: I think okay. I would go with. Oh gosh, um. Jobless and depressed.
4: <laughs> Another hybrid.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It'd be just one anxiety where you just like and yeah, anxiety relaxation. reduction. <laughs> yeah.
4: See, well, no, there's yeah. some strains that are very much will, will cause a lot of anxiety. And for some reason, people smoke it. I don't
5: know why.
0: And for me, I would probably call mine shit show and I would lace it with a laxative because I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So it comes with rolling papers and Charmin.
5: That's weird. Charmin. <laughs> Don't oh yeah, Charmin. The two. There we go. <laughs> That's <It gets laughs> weird.
1: That's what you call it. You just call it Charmin.
3: Yeah, because <laughs> the toilet paper wars. No, I like shit uh,
1: show. That's good.
3: So I am curious about, uh, like, sort of shifting into like podcast workings. You know, mm-hmm. um, how do you find your guests, and do you find that it's easy to get people to agree to come talk to you, or is it more difficult? And is there like a unicorn guest that you really, really want to talk to? Um,
2: So as far as how do I find my guests? Um, I kind of, I sort of look at the, at the facets of the industry that I want to talk to. And then I go from there. It's like, I, I knew I wanted to talk to the guy that, that passed the law. Mm -hmm. And, and fortunately he was like, hell yes, I'll come in and we'll do it in studio. and, And 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 he was great. Um, And, and, you know, then I knew I wanted to talk to I wanted to talk to medical professionals. I wanted to talk to regulators. I wanted to talk to uh, legislators. (laughs) I wanted to talk to lobbyists. So I have sort of these umbrellas of information that I wanted to learn about. And then I'd go in and sort of see whose names would pop up at the top, you know, who who were. Who was most quoted in each of these? I got my unicorn. I landed Bo Whitney, who is that, that economist. And it was really funny how it happened. We were pre-promoting the fact that COIN was about to launch a cannabis podcast. And on the day before my first episode dropped, he reached out to my boss and said, hey, I hear you're doing a cannabis podcast. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'd love to be a part of it in some way. And I'm like, are you kidding? Now, Bo Whitney is, oh my God, Bo Whitney is, he is the most humble, laid back, quiet, just normal dude. I ended up talking to him for like two hours. We just completely lost track of time. But he has he, he flew back from D.C. where he was meeting with Ron Wyden, Chuck Schumer and Cory Booker Holy to do fuck. my podcast. Wow. And then and then Netflix had just hired him to voice a 10 part series that drops in January called <laughs> the history of cannabis. Yeah. And this is after he set up Zambia's cannabis industry. By hanging out with the attaché for Zambia's president. And I'm like, wait a minute. And you're based here? He goes, yeah, I was just, I got lucky. I was a professor. Wow. I had a student, this was back in 2014. He goes, I was a professor at PSU of economics. I had a student come to me and wanted me to look over a business plan because he wanted to start a cannabis business. And I asked my student, I went, how big is this industry? And the student goes, I don't know. You're the fucking economist. (laughs) (laughs) And at that moment, he was like, well, let me do some digging. First off, he found that nobody, nobody was doing this. There were no cannabis economists at the time. So he built his own industry within the industry and ended up being the unicorn. So having Bo Whitney on. And not only for the two-parter that I'm about to launch in January, but having him, being able to have him back on for the hemp episode. Because here's a, here's a line that he dropped that, man, it's the best line. He goes, cannabis is sexy. Hemp is transformative. And I'm like, dude... Okay, I'm having you back for a hemp episode.
5: Um,
3: I was gonna say a repeat custo- a repeat guest. I'm ass- I'm prob- probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as so far how as do we
4: get out of this van, I gotta get yeah. out. Of this, van. Gotta <laughs> this is too much. This is
0: too much right yeah. now. It's too I'm much. freaking out, man.
4: Is that the late bell?
2: That was the late bell, bro. We but as far as like- as far as getting the guests, the 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 thing that I knew would happen if a broadcast company jumped on it did. I have the credibility of Coin6 behind me.
3: Nice. I
2: drop Coin6 News and all of a sudden people know that it's not Chunky in the Nug or Crunchy in the Nug. It's, (laughs) it is even, and I I so Pissed at you. Right. I know. I never (laughs) in in my, in my, in the emails that I send out to invite them on, I never use the name of the podcast because I know the minute that they hear mainstream Weedia, they're like, come on. No. Okay. So I'm being
4: punked right now. Is Seth Rogan right. going to jump out from behind right. like a So fucking- I
2: always say it's the Coin Six podcast networks, you know, uh, uh, podcast about the cannabis industry. I just keep it nice and vague, and I, uh, and, and so far nobody has turned me down. And, and like I said, I've had, I had the guy that passed the law. I had the clinical pharmacist from OHSU. I had Congressman Earl Blumenauer. I had two guys from the OLCC who walked me through all of this and, and what they call it. And, and you were really, you, you were talking about it. They call it stem to or seed to sale tracking. And they talk about all the different points, the touch points that the OLCC has from the moment that either a seed or a clone goes into the ground to the moment you walk out of the door with the product and how, and what, and how they had to create all that in about 18 months. From scratch, because they could only take a little from Colorado and Washington, because they were only about a year ahead of us. So even then, their practices may not have been the best practices for us. So they built it while they flew it is their is their motto, um, and 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 created the the system that we have today that that keeps the product consistent, safe. Tracked. It's out of the hands of miners as best as we can. It it is. It's what we have, and and so so yeah. Using the coin six and and having that that credibility um, has helped. And then usually once I get them in, either in the studio or on the Zoom, and they understand my fascination for this, my my it's it, this passion for wanting to learn about it they calm down in a hurry and they just start telling me the story and they just start telling me from their perspective and, and dropping the inside of what it's really like. And, and, you know, I, I do, I do very little editing when I edit, I edit not for content. I just edit breaths and ums and ahs and, you know, try to make them sound right. Really coherent. Um, and but but I I what what we tend to talk about is exactly what you hear on the podcast. And I try to I try to keep it moving. I, I wanted a certain momentum. That's why they're only about a half hour each. I didn't want to bore you, I didn't want it to get bogged down in anything. Um, so I wanted it to have some momentum, but I wanted you to walk away and go, holy crap, that was entertaining, it was informative. I walk away knowing more about this than I did, and holy crap, I kind of want to learn a little more about it. So maybe they come back. Well, we Travis, let me out.
1: tell you uh, how fascinating this is, because the four of us have been reverently quiet throughout this whole episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Captivated it's, is the word prepared. you're looking for. We are, we are just
1: about out of time. Uh, okay, you have you definitely got to come us? back and talk to us more about this, because... Uh, as you learn more, uh, I think it's uh, I definitely want to learn more about this. And because you're okay. on the front lines and because you're our buddy, uh, I feel like it's your responsibility to teach us.
0: Yeah, you know, I your, your obligation, because it. we're friends. I know. have yeah.
5: one, one final one. question.
0: One final question. Sure. From one final me. question. Uh, for fuck's sake. Be- yeah. Being, uh, so uh, being,
3: being okay. in, in Ellensburg, Washington, what is your favorite Iron Horse brewery beer?
2: uh it it, uh so (laughs) i i i am an absolute devotee to culture's irish death but man i like cozy sweater too cozy sweater is awesome but i i like i like irish death i like mocha death i like coca mocha death when they do that if Um, it's got death I mean but but yeah I, I I drove to Ellen's this was before I worked there. This was back when I was living in Issaquah. I drove in the worst thunderstorm ever on I-90 in a Mini Cooper just to get a keg of Irish death and bring back to Issaquah So <laughs> mistakes were made. I'm oh yes, Irish they were. <laughs> yes.
3: My high five half. Four life choices. Oh high five half. Yes. I miss so it. <laughs> i just
2: looked yeah. it up
4: and when you uh, the 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 day that that interview dropped with you and your unicorn the uh, the economist i just looked this up here uh, what day was that again do you
2: remember the economist one will drop on january 5th
5: okay
2: oh, I, it okay. hasn't dropped yet i uh, yeah i've given you sneak previews uh, of what he's gonna say well let me just give you a quick sneak
5: preview then
4: of what's going to be on uh, crunchy and the nugs on that
5: <laughs> perfect
4: I'm gonna spill a little tea. They're gonna be interviewing uh, the guys from TikTok that made the world's largest gravity bong that was like in a pool that they made. That was of, like, so pool awesome, pool. right? <laughs> and yet they're gonna be their guest. So, best of luck with your economist, Travis. <laughs> and 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 honestly, <laughs> if
0: gravity you, bong versus if the economist. You,
2: if you really want to know my true unicorn, and it's not Snoop because it is oh. Kevin. Smith. I know. But if I could sit down with Kevin Smith. And talk weed with Kevin Smith. That's fair. Dude, $30. he's coming to town. <laughs> I know got he Kevin
0: is. Smith's look-alike I mean, body he double. He may, he's he coming to a... the
1: Fan Pop convention in uh, January, and I've already applied for media credentials because I want to yeah, go meet Kevin Smith.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do, Tell him to join our podcast. podcast from now and then, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Give me a, networking networking a card. Games? I'll, I'll
1: drop it in his pocket. I will. <laughs> yes,
5: yeah, sorry. You just <laughs> done did that this for guy me, from are.
4: Pennsylvania who looks just like him and is. I you know, I know. I know.
5: Sorry, I, James. I will have
2: you on the podcast. You have to play Kevin Smith. Done. You know what's the funny role is, of Kevin Smith will be played by Big Jim. I. He's uh, uh, better James, at
1: playing uh, Crunchy
4: before the heart attack. Of Kevin Can Smith. I be the Nug? Yeah.
2: You are the Nugs. Yes, <laughs> both of them. Hey, James. Yes. All Where can people find mainstream media? You can go to coin.com
1: and mm. check out their podcast section.
5: Yeah.
2: Otherwise, it's also on pretty much any platform that you consume podcasts. So Google Play, Spotify. ITunes, Spotify iTunes. Yeah. If you Crunchy just if the you nugs, just Google mainstream media. And I think at this point I now have the, the, the SEO that I'm the top Google on that for me
3: it came up on the top but just be careful because it kept auto-correcting media to media i know <laughs> i'm like damn it no that's not what i want shame and, and if they yep, look at that,
5: the
2: top podcast or the top if they if they fire me and i want to keep the podcast going i am going to rename it Encycloedia potanica <laughs> posted by Very crunchy nice. and the Nug. Hosted by Crunchy and the Nug. First
4: of all, that's Professor
3: just the part of the title. Crunchy,
4: Professor Crunchy, PhD. <laughs> and so you can Nug find me, Dr. You can PhD. find me, Dr. Nug. And PhD says were pretty hungry, dude. Just so <laughs>
5: you, know.
1: you can find mainstream media at coin.com. You can find it at Podbean. You can find it at Apple. You can find it at Player FM, dailyadvent.com, Newsbreak, Facebook, LinkedIn. It
2: is everywhere. And if you are a business out there that can actually advertise on a federally licensed radio station and would like to sponsor such podcasts, Please go to coin.com and get in touch with me. Uber Eats, Postmates, Postmates, Grubhub, Caviar, uh, any of them. Yeah. Hungry John. Oh, Doritos. Doritos, Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if Jack in the Box did it, holy crap. Can
0: I God have. <laughs> see, that's how you do a fucking plea right there. For two
5: cents. <laughs> okay. No lie. And, uh, and now
4: Travis to do a Patreon,
5: please. Please. Yeah, yeah, of, can do our Patreon plea. Yes, seriously. He does plea.
1: Samantha. what? Please do our Patreon plea. What?
0: The plea is yours. Don't fuck it up.
3: It's mine. Oh, it is the holiday season folks and um, um, I'm I'm still running on fumes. I didn't even put up my tree this year. So help put a smile on my face and give us your money because we entertain you.
2: Help them buy <laughs> mistletoe and garland, all yeah. the greenery for their holiday season, only on Patreon.
3: <laughs> Patreon slash uh, patreon.com slash not another Patreon is where you can find us and our lovely levels and that you can sign up for. Um, it's not too expensive to support your favorite podcast.
2: Love you guys. And if you guys donate $1,000 by the end of January, Big Jim and I will actually do an episode of Crunchy and the Nug. Yes.
1: Please give us $1,000 because I need that podcast.
3: (laughs) So we have a goal. (laughs) We have a goal. goal. Put it on the it sounds like James
0: is really hurting here. So make it happen, (laughs) folks.
3: Yeah, oh, but really thank you for everyone who face. listens and supports and that's just one extra level of support if you choose to uh if not it is okay i hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season
0: you're too Danny, you and smile. i are
1: gonna go around and start collecting cans and bottles to earn a thousand dollars because i want to hear that podcast
0: me too <laughs> i mean for reals dude like i might hold some people up or you know rob a bank or two or sounds like dispensaries
1: yeah,
5: yeah, have a lot yeah, of hey, cash this on hands
1: what?
2: History
5: Danny did guys. not
1: rob any banks <laughs> <laughs> that what? we know of.
5: I
2: really want to thank you guys for having me on and talk about the podcast and, and really help get the word out there. And and Hell yeah, uh, brother, yeah, I I I hope you guys are now as fascinated about it as I am because it's Very interesting. It's amazing. Hell so we've yeah. said this
1: before when yeah. you've been on, and 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 now, like I really mean it even more. You are welcome back anytime.
2: <laughs> thank you.
1: Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're everyone we're else, do I do hope podcast. you have a very Merry Christmas yeah. and we will talk to you all uh, right before the new year.
5: Whee!
3: Happy okay. New Year. You
0: filthy um, animals.
3: Travis, I used to live in Washington state and I've been to Ellensburg a couple of times. So like my yeah. ex, my ex actually grew up in Ellensburg and his family is still out there. So. I wondered how
2: you I wondered how you knew the, yep. the Iron Horse. Yeah. I'm not much I, uh, of
3: a beer drinker, but my ex was an alcoholic. So, you know, we found oh, exactly um, Yeah. So <laughs> a beer drinker. Uh, we found a beer that, and, and like a brand that I liked. Um, So that's like, I was very familiar with them and I have like a hat and a sweater from there too. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. beer that I liked. <laughs> Thank you for listening to not another podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at Samantha Stark 3 And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it. You asked for it. You got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another Podcasters.